Hi, it's Jamie, progressive number one, number two employee. Leave a message at the... Hi, Jamie, it's you, Jamie. Don't be alarmed, but I think there's a guy following you. Maybe we should get that guard dog we talked about? Nothing too scary, maybe like a Bichon with an attitude? You know, Progressive's collision insurance covers injured dogs and cats at no extra cost, so... Wait, the guy stood up when I stood up. He's on the phone. He's looking right at me. Oh, wait, it's just my reflection. Don't tell anyone about this. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Pet coverage not available in New Hampshire and North Carolina. Welcome inside the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. I'm your host from over at FanRag Sports. John Ledyard is my name. My co-host goes by the name of Dr. Trevor Sikama from com and covering the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and also obviously covering the NFL Draft. He's a a multi-talented individual and he wants to start your Tuesday off with a sizzling take as we look back on this past week in college football and really in, in, in the season in general a little bit. Um, he has a sizzler of a take for you that I think has some merit. We're uh, we're just getting right into it, aren't we? Okay, we are. so, I, um, I just toss you right to the wolves, man. Like, okay, all right. Well, uh, like a week ago, I said that I was I was gonna have a Saquon Barkley take because it's been creeping into my head, and and it seems that each week it goes by, it gets more true and true. Um, but I think I think I'm ready to at least like say it, and that is that Saquon Barkley might be the perfect NFL draft prospect Um, that when I say that, I mean that like a lot of people, for example, a lot of people have grading scales, right? Either one through 10 or one out of a hundred or something like that. You know, we talk about like the highest guy that you've ever graded all this stuff. Um, If I were to grade Saquon Barkley right now, it would probably be a 100 out of 100 because I cannot think of anything that I wish that guy did as a prospect more. Now, I'm not saying that there aren't people that are getting more yards. Obviously, like Bryce Love's getting more yards. Maybe there there aren't going to be people who make better catches. There like there aren't going to be things. When I say that he's a perfect prospect, I don't mean that he's going he is a perfect player that does the perfect thing every time. What I'm saying is that as an NFL draft prospect, there is nothing that I wish Saquon Barkley had that he doesn't have. And so like for me, do you mean he, like traits wise? Sure, like okay. like um like for example, like I know you you and I have talked about this before, like his pass blocking. Like he has obviously the uh, the build, the strength, and the ability to sometimes just pancake defensive ends coming in. But sometimes it's more of a technique thing, blah blah blah. That could be all on coaching. You know, I'd hope that he gets better coaching in the NFL, all this stuff. But like the potential that he, he has who he is as a prospect and the flashes that he shows of the things that he could be able to do. I can't think of anything more that you would ask for a run from a running back that Saquon doesn't do. And that go and like, like that goes into production too. So like Saquon might be, I guess, well, I guess for me, minus Adrian Peterson, who I wasn't scouting at the time because I wasn't scouting when I was you know, 14 years old. Um, Saquon Barkley is the best prospect I think I've ever seen in my life. Any so, position or just running back? Um, running back for sure. Uh, I would have to look back and see if if I really thought that anybody else is worthy of that. But like, I I, I would I would honestly contemplate giving Saquon a one hundred out of one hundred scouting grade. So like, I can't really imagine I thought much highly more highly of anybody. He uh, is still RB two, just so you know. But it's fine. <laughs> it's fine. No, I'm kidding. He is all awesome. yeah, and I. I hear what you're saying because well, I don't think he's, you know, I, I hear what you're saying because traits wise, 
Like, what do you want? He has elite size, elite speed, elite lateral quickness, elite um, elusiveness, change of direction ability. Um, athletically and physically, I mean, we've seen the hops. He jumps over dudes at full speed. Athletically and physically, I don't know how in the world. Like, there's not really anything else, anything that he's like missing when you at all. Think- yeah, when you think of the human body, like what humans yeah. do, I cannot think of a more – you kept using the word elite, but that's – yeah, I mean you're right. I can't think of a more perfect whatever you would want for a running back than everything that Saquon Barkley is basically. Yeah. Whether you want to say like he needs like he needs to clean up this and that, which is true. I mean there are certain parts of his game that need to be refined, but I'm just talking about like within the limitations of the human body and what you exactly would want from a running back in the NFL. I think he might be perfect. Mm-hmm. I think he might be like built in a lab perfect. Right. So there you go. So you were at Florida LSU this past weekend. Yes. You saw RB1. I mean, uh, my RB1, Darius Geis. And I know he's kind of banged up and playing through it. And LSU's had their issues running the football and establishing the run. had a couple of plays, like two or three, where they gave him the ball and he made like an eight yard carry out of like a two yard loss. And yeah. I was still like, oh my gosh. <laughs> His numbers just aren't great this year. I mean, no, not uh, compared to the past years. 82 carries, 364 yards, averaging 4.4 yards per carry, has five touchdowns. I have no idea whether that's going to affect his stock or how that progresses moving forward. Um, I have barely watched LSU, but I flipped over for the fourth quarter of that game, and I observed exactly what you saw. I mean, I don't even know how. His vision to find these tiny creases, press them, power through a tackle, make something is – He's still really good. Yeah, it's exceptional to me. And while I do think Barkley has just absurd traits, and I think Geis has really good traits too, when I watched this past year, I thought Geis was the more polished of the runner. I'm going to have to obviously revisit because I've seen so little of Geis this year. Um, I thought he was the more polished runner in terms of vision, decisiveness, knowing where space was and how to work to it quickly, um, playing within the structure consistently. Um but I don't think anybody has Barkley's tools. Like his skills, his tools and skill set are crazy. And and there's been whispers about off the field stuff with guys. So though I don't know how much is actually related to him and how much truth will actually come of that. I I would definitely pump the brakes on jumping any conclusions there um, because there's nothing that we know of um, that's an issue. Um, so I I'm a, I'm still a big fan of what he does. But I I am a hundred percent going to have to go look at LSU tape and reassess here because statistically he hasn't been anywhere close to what he's done in the past and i know he hasn't been 100 percent, and i know the offensive lines had their issues no matter who's running the football but yeah it, is it was very a, weird it was a weird game plan too they ran a lot of like they ran the ball with a lot of wide receivers um like on reverses and handoffs yeah, and Matt that, that really <laughs> that really killed florida um and so and then the, like even when they ran the ball traditionally they split it between him and i think williams so mm-hmm. it's just i, yeah, I mean williams like said 12 carries I don't know if he's still hurt or, yeah, or he definitely didn't play last game. He's definitely not a hundred percent. I know they said that, um, that he was playing regardless, but yeah, you're right. I mean, receivers got carries all over the place. DJ shark had three Dylan had one gauge had six. So yeah, I mean, yeah. it was, and that's Matt Canada's offense. And maybe that's what it is. Maybe that, that just that gimmick offense that Matt Canada runs with a lot of motions and reverses and deception. And maybe it's not a great fit for, I don't I don't know because I haven't, I just haven't watched enough. And so, um, but it is weird that he hasn't produced um, to the level that we're used to seeing from him. Cause he's been, even as a split time back last, he's been straight up absurd, like his averages and, and he's gotten a decent workload too. So it's not exactly a small sample size. So, Going to have to jump back in and revisit the tape from here. You also were looking to see 
if Arden Key was draftable or a top 10 pick? And you said on Twitter, there's no in between. Nope. Uh, and there obviously shouldn't be, right? I mean. No, no, no. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we go, the NFL draft goes day one, and then uh, you fast forward to the undrafted free agents and right. you see where they went. You know, Nobody that's, in between. No, that's You're the fun of what we do. Or forget about you. So in, in, the, uh, in the top 10 or undraftable, Arden Keys on was undraftable. If it's one or the other, you know, I'm just I'm not gonna I'm not gonna, in the game that we play. Man, I was such a big fan of Arden Key coming into the draft or coming into this year. Yeah, I think he was my he. I think he was my edge one guy that I had when we did our rankings. And, and he didn't do anything in this game. Like you didn't notice I him just, anyway. Like I I didn't notice him. I didn't notice him like once really. And I tried to look out for him. Obviously, I'm trying to watch the game as a whole because. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm there to watch the game, but like I tried to keep my eye on Arden Key, and like, I, come on, man, he just didn't even make an impact. And these are these this is a Florida offensive line that I don't think is, I don't think yeah, is that right. Uh, they're 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 much better than they were when they started the season. I'll say that, but still, man, I thought Arden Key was going to eat against this group, and um, he didn't at all. So I don't know. I don't know if it's the I don't know if it's the weight that he put on or or the, the, whatever was messing with him when he stepped away from the team, something. But I thought that I would notice Arden Key, and I thought that Arden Key was going to be a top 15 pick. And um, maybe my eyes deceived me. I'll have to go back and watch it. But I didn't notice him at all that game. So I was yeah, just – I didn't notice him when I flipped over to the game uh, much. He, he had one tackle and one quarterback hurry according to the box score. But, yeah, it's not a, not a big statistical impact anyway. So um, but it's – He's going to be an interesting evaluation because there was so much of this ad weight and do all these different things. And now supposedly he's done it. And like I said, I need to watch him and, and uh, guys a lot closer, but doesn't seem like it's really aided his game a whole lot at this point. So um, his stock is very much uh, in flux. I think right now, is that how you say it? In, in, in flux? Yes. Is that I proper? So. All right. I'm I mean, just checking. Don't with... have, I mean, you don't have to say it, you know, like a weenie, but yeah, <laughs> With an like accent, yeah, I'm yeah. just checking with a big school, you know, well-educated doctor like yourself, just to make sure. Um, Look, man, the school where I got my degree from is wearing alligator-scaled uniforms <laughs> on Saturday, so my degree is about as worthless as it gets from this moment uh, on. Would you rather have Felipe Franks for four more years as oh, a starting geez. quarterback or the alligator uniforms? You're a guy that cares about fashion. You care about I, the look. So much. A so lot. Much. It'll bother you. This is a tougher one than it should be, probably. No, I'd rather them just wear the uniforms, and I'm on a secret space mission to NASA that weekend, so I can't watch. No, no, they wear the uniforms every game for four years. Uh-oh. Or Felipe Franks is your quarterback for four years. Oh, Felipe, no question. <laughs> no well question. Done. Way to stay true to the brand. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I watched a couple games this weekend uh, in full, like really focused on. One was, unfortunately for me, Boston College and Virginia Tech. Um, was a terrible Wait, football unfortunately, game. Unfortunately, was it a snoozer? Oh, my goodness. 23-10 to 10 was the final. Virginia Tech looked like they pretty much sleptwalked through the game on offense. Didn't even matter. Boston College is one of the worst offenses I've ever seen in my life. Um, they have, a, I think he's a freshman quarterback, a redshirt freshman quarterback, who is absolutely terrible, Anthony Brown. Um so, yeah, this was all about watching defensive prospects. Good game for this. Total rock fight. Um, and Harold Landry 
is obviously the best prospect in this game. So I wanted to get a good look at him again. It's my second time I watched him. I also watched him earlier in the year. I think it was against Wake Forest. Um, He had a sack in that game, but it was like the only play that he made. And that's consistently how it is. Harold Landry had three sacks in this game against Virginia Tech. And I found myself coming away from the game and just being like, "Eh." like, hmm, I don't know, man. I mean, I saw two of the sacks uh, closely and watched replays of them and – they were 100% just cleanup sacks. You know, Josh Jackson, uh, Virginia mm-hmm. Tech quarterback, running around. Landry was, you know, honestly was well blocked on both. I'd give the tackle, you know, a very high grade for the way that he handled Landry. And eventually Landry just gets off and chases him down because he's a good athlete. But it, it wasn't like he – So it, it, wasn't that, it wasn't that first move success that right, you like Right, like there's no the, – the only way Landry wins quickly, other than cleanup sacks, the only way he wins 1v1 for high-quality type sacks – is with speed and bend around the edge. And and that's fine, but those have to be at an elite level. You know, I compared, I said a couple weeks ago that you know, in some ways, how simple he is as a pass rusher is like Vic Beasley when he uh-huh. came out. But Vic Beasley had elite level explosiveness and bend, and it was obvious. I mean, he was, uh-huh. in terms of athleticism, Vic Beasley was mint prospect uh, at the position. Now he has had to, everything else. He's had to develop a little bit. You know, there wasn't you know established hand usage, stutter steps, inside moves, power moves, anything like that. He didn't. He wasn't super well developed in those areas. But he had the elite level skills that you were like, I'm taking this chance. I'm going with the athlete. Um, you know, he's strong for his size. You know, all those things. You know, you you were pumped about that stuff with Vic Beasley. I don't. Harold Landry just doesn't play consistently fast or explosive. He'll have like two plays a game where you're like, whoa, but then. The rest of it, you're just like, I don't know, man. It's just like not he, – like he sits on blocks and he has no go-to counter move if, if, he, if he doesn't win the edge immediately. Um, I think he has a good first step. He's definitely bendy. Is he lead explosive? Um, he's got to be consistent, yeah. Yeah, I mean, to me, he's like a less physical version of Derek Barnett almost, if that makes sense. And I know they have totally different body types and Barnett was a little heftier – uh, Landry's a little bit lighter, longer, lankier kind of frame. But a- in terms of style, they both only won the same way in college. Now, Barnett was a more physical guy and stronger guy, so I think that he projected better developmentally in terms of, I bet Barnett could become a power rusher. I don't know if Harold Landry can become a power rusher. I bet Barnett can you know, work inside of guys as a pass rusher. I think Landry can do that um, because he is quick. But again, he doesn't play like super sudden all the time. So I don't so know. So that might be, and I, I, I don't want to like, I don't want to like endorse this comp because I just thought of it and haven't like actually looked at it side by side. But so he's six three two fifty, right? Mm-hmm. Landry is, and then Noah Spence is like six two six three. Now he's like two forty five or whatever. And that, that's kind of been Noah Spence's thing in the NFL is that in college we watched him have these splash plays where he could get off the edge like real quick, get around somebody, get in there for the sack, and we and we were like, oh, wow, this guy, um, this guy can do this kind of stuff in the NFL. This is elite. But it didn't happen all the time. It only happened like sporadically. And now in the NFL, I'm getting to watch Noah Spence every game because he plays for the Buccaneers. Um if Noah Spence does not get one of those elite jumps off, he's 
I, I don't want to say useless because he has plenty of effort plays and he and he like goes to the whistle and all that. Mm-hmm. But like he he can't get by his guy. It's going to so, be a hard one v one win for him. Yeah, right. And um, I wonder if that's I wonder if that's Landry's path because there's a lot of really good. I remember watching a couple weeks ago. He had a couple jumps off the snap that I was like, holy crap, that's like Von mm-hmm. Miller esque, like Vic Beasley esque. And I was like, dang, this guy's this guy's got it in him. But if you don't show it all the time, then you're not Von Miller. You're not Vic Beasley. Instead, you're just getting blocked all the time. So so the rest of your team kind of like sits there and goes, wait a second, man. You're supposed to be our premier pass rusher, and we're only getting you for like two or three good snaps a game? Like, mm-hmm. what the hell? Um, and I'm not saying – you know, and that's kind of, that, that's been the story of Noah Spence. The, the, is that the Bucks have thought that Noah Spence is going to be this guy to come in and basically make an impact on every single drive, like every third down. And instead, it's like – I mean – they get uh, one to three good Noah Spence snaps a game. That's about it. I think your big difference is, and this is why I see Noah Spence actually is really different than Harold Landry, is that Noah Spence, like last year I charted his sacks. Here's how he won on his sacks. First one was a bull rush inside counter on DJ Humphreys. Second one was a swim move inside counter on Joe Staley. Next one was a hand swat and bend the edge against Austin Howard a hand swat shoulder dip against Bobby Massey uh, with that was aided by some quarterback movement, I think. Um, an edge rip and bend then twice against George Font for Seattle. So the biggest difference, I think, Noah Spence, a lot more aggressive, a lot better motor, and a lot better with his hands. This year when he had a sack against Bobby Massey, it was, again, that speed rush hand swat. And it is a lot of edge rushes, but he's better at softening that edge for himself. Landry's mm. not really physical and doesn't really soften that edge for himself. Like if he doesn't win it clean, he has a hard time winning it and he doesn't counter off of it either. So if you have that speed up the arc and you're getting the tackles, hips turned to the sideline, got to be able to come back inside of it. And he just really never does. He just kind of gets to the top of the arc and sits. So huh. yeah. there's, there's a lot of processing that still needs to happen with him. Um, I just am on the fence about air. Like, like I, I know I don't see him as this automatic top 10 lock of a prospect. But if he tests at an elite high level like Beasley did or like you know any of these guys did, um, then I, to me that he has a lot of tools that are worth working with. I just wish he played with his hair on fire all the time, I think. Maybe that's my biggest thing. I I don't know. There's a lot there to work on. I think he's become a better run defender. But, um, yeah, there's a lot there to talk about with with Harold Landry still moving forward. I don't think he's the locked top, top guy. And, actually, Bradley Chubb's been much, much better this year, I think. Um, Buying tickets to sports and concerts can be complicated, but there is a better, simpler way to buy with SeatGeek. SeatGeek is the smartest, easiest way to get tickets to live events. With SeatGeek's seamless mobile experience, you can buy and sell tickets in just two taps. SeatGeek helps you find the best seats at the best prices, fully guaranteed. There's nothing quite like seeing your favorite team or musician in person, and SeatGeek will get you closer to the action for a great value. The SeatGeek app, having it on my phone, it's the easiest way to shop for tickets. can be anywhere and with just a few taps, instantly can find seats. Now with the season in underway, make sure you guys are using this app, getting yourself some tickets. They're designed to make your ticket buying experience easier, and easier than ever by saving you time and money searching multiple ticket sites to compare prices and find amazing deals. To me, that's the most helpful feature about the SeatGeek product. And to get you the most bang for your buck, SeatGeek grades every ticket based on value to help you immediately identify the best seats that fit your budget. Plus, every purchase is fully guaranteed so you can shop for tickets on SeatGeek with confidence. Make SeatGeek your go-to app for finding the best deals on every type of ticket, from sports and concerts to comedy and theater. And best of all, 
our listeners get $20 off your first SeatGeek purchase. Just download the SeatGeek app and enter the promo code LONFL today. That's promo code LONFL for $20 off your first SeatGeek purchase. So there's my thoughts on Harold Landry. But there's also a ton of talented defensive players on the Virginia Tech side of things um, that are are very very interesting, I think, from an evaluation standpoint. Because to take this game, for example, the Hokie secondary, Brandon Fashion, uh, Adonis Alexander, Greg Stroman, all guys that have gotten some draft type, they weren't getting a very stiff test in this game. (laughs) Boston College, this is going to be a shocker, but they don't have a lot of talented uh, weapons on offense. Um, Mm -hmm. And Anthony Brown really wasn't testing them much. But there was a play-action pass on a sudden change situation, and and a tight end for Boston College got behind Brandon Fashion, and he kind of had to face guard dive into his lap to prevent a catch. And um, he didn't get called. I don't know how he didn't get called, but um, he didn't get called for pass interference. Um, But... I think that's another – he doesn't play well that well with his back to the ball, I think, and um, that could be a concern. That's Adonis Alexander's strength. We talked about that. I know that's your dude. Um, but there's inconsistencies with Adonis in terms of his spatial awareness and zone and things like that that a couple times a better quarterback I thought could have taken advantage of. But um, I think that I think that uh, that Adonis probably has the best chance of going high and Fashion and Stroman, maybe they're you know probably going like to need to test well. Adonis a good deal. Yeah, Adonis is that kind of Kevin King, like, you know, you know he's going to jump out of the gym. You know he's not totally polished, but you want that length and that size and that up and that uh, athleticism. I think how fast he runs is going to be key. So he's going to be a Packer. Uh, I don't know, maybe. There's a couple other teams like Seattle and some others that might want to bite on something like that. Um, but, yeah, those are guys that I watched in that game. And then I don't know if there was anyone else that caught your eye on the day, but for me, the game that I was most looking forward to, even though I had to stay up super late and I didn't finish writing about it until like 2 in the morning, um, was Stanford and Utah. Because I knew going into the game, Utah had a very good defense. There's three or, three or four guys on their defensive front that will get NFL looks. Um, and I knew this was going to be a great test for Bryce Love. Because, you know, you, I mean, Utah, 20th ranked team, they're going to focus on Bryce Love. You know that uh, good tackling team, good physical football team. This is going to be a big test. And Bryce Love, 195 pounds. I think, you know, the physical challenge running hard between the tackles, um, did he welcome that? And I thought that he did throughout the game. There wasn't a lot there for most of the game. And then by the time it was over, he finished with 20 carries for 152 yards and a touchdown. And he ripped off three explosive runs. I think they were all longer than 20 yards. Uh-huh. So, it was one of those games that was going to test him because I think his first like eight or ten carries he didn't do much at all, and then it was all of a sudden it started. He started to wear him down, and and what really impressed me was the physicality that he runs with. Like at one point he ran right through a tackler, like just trampled him, and it was like whoa. Um, and then at another point, with the safety for Utah, who uh, Blair was his last name, really caught my eye as well. Um, he had been he was suspended the first half. Marquise Blair, and then to open the second half, he comes flying downhill from like 15 yards deep, levels Bryce Love, and Love gets knocked back two steps. But I mean, he hit him square. Full, I mean, it was a knockout shot, and hmm. Love knocked a step or two back, kept his balance, fought forward again. Eventually, got gang tackled, but it was one of those. How did this guy just not get like totally lit up by this hit? Um, and so, yes, his 195 pounds are going to be something that people talk about moving forward, especially if he declares early. Um, and he's not the tallest guy, so he may never get that much bigger than that. Um, although I think he can get somewhat bigger. And um, so his weigh-in will be big. 
Um, people will talk about that, but his vision is so good and his balance through contact is really impressive too. He's not really a power rusher, but I do think that like Utah's a good physical tackling team and, and he still broke a fair share of tackles. Um, he just has such good vision and such good burst. Um, and then when the open field, forget it. Like we talked about Barkley's wheels loves right up there with him. I think he's got elite breakaway speed and he's got that same level burst. Um, so Way faster than I thought he was. Oh um, man, he's fast. He's yeah, way faster than I thought he was. Because that was that was always kind of the thing with me with Bryce Love. Um, yeah, especially going in the year, even even when he started playing well, it was like, man, I know he's playing well. He's making all these moves. He's doing some nice things in open space. But like, does that? I I just I just never trusted his breakaway speed. Now yeah. he clearly has it, and that's the thing. You know, if you're a smaller guy, that's fine. But you also got to be you got to be faster than everybody else mm-hmm. if you're small. You know, you gotta you gotta be able to do something with your smaller frame. You have to be able to move better, whether it's you know, agility wise or even straight line speed wise. That's, right. that's, that's what you have to, that's where you have to elevate yourself when you're giving up that kind of strength. And so, uh, that's the area that's impressed me the most about him because I just did not see the kind of straight line right. speed that he has to break away that he has this year. And what he's done in pass protection. I mean, Stanford, you know, pro to office, they're going to ask him to pass protect a lot and, and they do. And Utah blitzes a ton and he picked it up great. I mean, there were there were one where he cut and the guy leaped over him. I'm not sure how much you put that on him. I mean, it just is going to happen sometimes. If you make the guy leap over your quarterback, get the ball out, you know, it's one of those situations. Um, but both standing up and stoning rushers, cutting them at times, uh, active eyes to, to move and try and find the late rusher and pick him up. Um, so just good stuff, you know, I, he, just an all-around really good game. It, it, I like that it was not. It didn't come easy in this game. You know, I mean, like this was. He had to turn for this yardage. He had to stay focused. He had to not press too hard and stay patient and continue to work his vision and not just you know, you know, kind of. A lot of backs will get frustrated and just try and take the first thing they see and not you know, especially in his own schemes they're running. He found the cutback lane several times uh, rather than banging it into traffic and, um, and and then the burst when he sees the cutback lane. So. I was really impressed with Bryce Love. I, this was the first chance I got to really look at him other than highlights, and I thought uh, I came away really impressed. A um, couple other notes from that game. Elijah Holder thought he thought he struggled for Stanford a good bit. Uh, a couple penalties, uh, got ran over as a tackler, um, uh, gave up a touchdown late in the game to Darren Carrington, who I know we've talked about before, Oregon guy. Um, I don't think I see elite-level like explosive traits. He's kind of a gliding one-speed guy. but I like Darren Carrington. Did you like I, him at Oregon? I was really pumped about getting to watch him this year and him kind of being one of my guys. Um, not like a my guy is in. I think he's a first round player, but mm-hmm. like just one of my guys that I know is going to get drafted late um, that I've seen flashes from. So I'm a I'm a I'm a Darren Carrington guy. I don't, maybe I use this comp too much, but a little bit of Jermaine Kearse to him. Maybe I don't know. Like not really a twitchy explosive. That's fine guy, with me. <laughs> but you know, you might get that level caliber. That might be his peak. Uh, I think um, I need to watch more. Of this just based off this game, but um, that's what I saw from him. Um, I don't think he's going to separate really well from main coverage. But when 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 Stanford was running zones or they got him moving across the field on some some mesh routes and man beaters and stuff like that, then he he was able to separate some. So. Um, those were some observations I had. Quentin Meeks for for Stanford is going to be a guy I just think rises up board. He had a pick late in the game. Um, I think he's going to be a guy that rises up board. This Stanford defense is fast. Like they're they're good. Like I was really impressed. I mean, Stanford's always they've solid defenses, but I didn't the, the level of athleticism on this defense I think is better than the typical defenses that they've had. Like they 
they've got some dudes running around. This I've never heard of Bobby Okoreke, I think is how they said his last name. But he's just like the most all over the place. guys to like. I know. Like the most difficult names. I'm just a bad pronouncer. My wife, my wife makes fun of me all the time. Bobby, <laughs> it's okay. The last name is O-K-E-R-E-K-E. Okarike? I, maybe Okarike? I don't know. Bobby Okarike. <laughs> he was all over the place, dude. I'm telling you, if you had to watch him, he's your type of dude. Check him out if you get to see Stanford. Okay. Bobby Okarike. He's your kind of dude. He finished with five tackles and a sack. He probably ran through, like missed two sacks and somebody else cleaned him up. Um, he was all over the place in the backfield. He had like a, a hit on the quarterback that forced uh, an, an incompletion. He tipped the ball that uh, Meeks ended up picking off. Um, he, I don't know why we're not talking. He's a senior, and I know he's not perfectly polished prospect, but fast, explosive, super physical, great blitzer. Um, there's definitely some stuff there. I got to take a longer look at him, but. Man, he looked apart athletically, and uh, and like I said, I'm pretty sure he's a, a true senior. So, um, yeah, I'm I'm really he's one that definitely caught my eye, definitely interested in. Um, but yeah, so there's my notes, and there's what I kind of came away with throughout the college football weekend. You decided Arden Key not draw. What about Felipe Franks? Are we talking about him as a first round trash. prospect or no? Okay, all right. Um, so yeah, those are a couple takeaways. He's trash. It's a bummer that all Florida's draft eligible guys aren't uh, allowed to play or draft draftable guys aren't allowed to play anymore. Yeah. Duke, um, uh, Duke let two, at least two interceptions go basically like right by him or right through his hands, which would have won them the game. Uh, well, nice. I'm okay with is he's in position to make the plays unless, oh, he yeah, yeah. Like he's the right time. there. He, he's right there. He just didn't so, catch. The so ball. he's having a good year. You've been impressed with him. Mm, he's having. Uh, wow, got really year. high pitch there. Um, has he been shredded yeah. or? No, um, no, no, no. He's not getting shredded. He's having a good year. There you go. You're talking That's about safe. my son here, so just be. Polite. It's not like great or elite, but mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, he's having a good year. Fair enough. He we'll plays take outside it. corner for the Gators now, and so right. like we know that he's not going to play outside corner in the NFL. Probably sure. he's going to be a slot guy. So sure. when they play nickel, he plays nickel, but. Okay. Uh, I can dig. I can deal with yeah. it. Good. It's my boy right there. Uh, we didn't even talk about Mitch Trubisky starts. So we're going to have to talk about that later in the week because I have hashtag thoughts on that. Um, but we've got that. We've got, we're picking all draft eligible team, like the all draft eligible midseason team. Who's impressed us uh, the most. We'll do that tomorrow. We'll talk about Trubisky and the other rookies later on in the week. Good stuff lined up for you on locked on NFL draft podcast until next time. Keep it locked right here.